people feel that these diseases are inevitable in some way or shape or form, right? Mm -hmm. This is not true. These are all diseases of the skeletal muscle first. That's so huge. That's it's so, huge. Yeah. Everybody is still talking about fat tissue. If you care about root cause medicine, which I know all your listeners do, mm-hmm. then root cause medicine is not focused on fat tissue. That comes decades later. It comes it comes later. Mm-hmm. It comes after skeletal muscle is impaired. Impacts and deficits and defects and quote injury or metabolic dysfunction but begins in skeletal muscle first, before you become diabetic, before you become hypertensive, before you become obese, and before you get Alzheimer's. It's It's a big deal. It is a big deal. And it's not something that I I feel like this is not, most people are not in awareness of this, which is why, you know, like I got to turn up the volume on your voice as much as I can on all my channels, because it's so important for people to realize this. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Black Butt Beauty Radio. I am so excited. I got my girl, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, back on the show for all of us. Gabrielle is a renowned integrative and fellowship-trained physician. She's a true leader in living from an empowered mindset, and she's one of my best friends and doctor. Lucky me. I admire Gabrielle for way too many reasons to share in this intro, but I will highlight that I am so proud of the genuine devotion she has towards her work and her overall integrity as a person. She's an absolute contributor. Having received her doctorate in osteopathic medicine and an undergraduate degree in human nutrition, where she studied vitamin and mineral metabolism, chronic disease prevention and management, and the physiological effects of diet composition, Gabrielle brings an expansive amount of knowledge to the table. If you've ever found yourself at the mercy of overwhelming diet culture as portrayed in various media channels, and you're wondering what's true, what's false, what's healthy and unhealthy, and what the real information is, this episode is for you. Gabrielle and I talk about it all from high quality evidence-based data and bust the common myths and misconceptions that are out there. Some of the topics we cover are science-based versus emotional-based when it comes to nutrition and diet, social media pros and cons of finding reliable sources to educate oneself, muscle health and muscle maintenance being the key to health span and longevity, where to find and implement high-quality protein sources, the importance of eating for amino acids, what it means to be plant-based, and how to appropriately substitute food sources, the positive effects and makeup of collagen proteins, strength training and its importance for women, and so much more. This episode is powerful to spark critical thinking and self-leadership by being in control of your health, paying close attention to where you retain health information from, and applying discipline to achieve long-term wellness. It's really where it's at, you guys. You know, the more vital you are, the more in control of you of your health that you are, the the more empowered you are as a human living your life. So it's just so important to not only know, you know, science-based, evidence-based medicine data and apply the necessary things to your lifestyle that are going to help you live this robust life of vitality, you know, increase your health span and longevity. It's so, so important. So I know you guys are going to really value this episode and my girl, Gabrielle, I mean, her first episode was such a home. I still get so much feedback on how powerful that talk with her is. And I couldn't be in more support of her message 
um, you know, from my own experience in life and, and just her coming in as my doctor and then up leveling, you know, my, my, my system, doing my comprehensive blood labs with her and really understanding health is such a nuanced subject, right? And when you, when you look under the hood and you really get a, you know, view of what's going on from a cellular level, that's where you really know, um, you know, where your health is at. And so, you know, to have Gabrielle in my corner in that way is uh, it's, it's, it's an incredible feeling, first of all, but it, you know, there's a lot of proof in, you know, what she shares. And when you implement this information into your life, you know, how that can affect your health, right? So going to say this, you know, your health is ultimately your responsibility, you know, and we're never here to prescribe anything, but, you know, I'm certainly here to share information from, elite experts like my girl that can empower you to live from your ultimate optimal self. So please let us know that you're listening to this episode by sharing it on your IG stories and tag both Gabrielle and I. She is Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. I'm Roxy Look and or Black Belt Beauty. Um, The conversation always continues, you know, on Instagram. So if you have questions or comments, like hit me up there hit up Gabrielle there. And if you have not already given this podcast a five-star rating and review via iTunes, please, please do so. My team and I appreciate it with all of our hearts. All right, you guys enjoy this epic conversation with my girl, Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Beauty Counter. You guys, as a beauty expert and makeup pro of over 20 years, I have legitimately sifted and sorted through endless amounts of beauty products from skincare to makeup, you name it, I've touched it. And, you know, high performance is always a priority to me. You know, when you're working on clients who are on the red carpet or accepting awards on live shows like the Oscars, things of that nature, there really is no room for error when it comes to performance. But as a total, you know, lover of health, you know, over the past decade, I became highly conscious about you know, the health aspect of products too, and really trying to steer away from skincare and makeup products that, you know, have chemicals and fragrances and ultimately health disruptors. So when I found Beauty Counter, you guys, I started playing with their skincare and their makeup products on me. I was so happy with the results. Not only, you know, did they totally deliver, but I legitimately felt better putting these products onto my skin. You know, what you put on your skin is totally affecting your health. And it's so important to really realize that. Not to mention the brand is really health conscious for the world, and I love that too, but that's just me. So check it out. You guys can now shop my personal favorites on blackbeltbeauty.com from Beauty Counter. You just got to go to the shop section, go to beauty, and you will find my favorites. And I'm continuously adding new products there as I discover more because the brand is just constantly you know, creating new amazing skincare products and makeup products. So as I learn about them, And as I try them and love them, I'm sharing them on the site. So check it out. Go to blackbeltbeauty.com. Go to the shop beauty section and shop the beauty counter page from there. Let me know what you think. I'd love your feedback. And if you ever have questions about beauty, you know where to find me. DM me, Roxy Look or Black Belt Beauty. Lots of love, you guys. Gabrielle, we're on. Hi, beautiful. Hi. I'm so excited for so many reasons. Um, This is round two with you and, you know, you and I, we met and, 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 you know, became close through podcasting together, our original conversation. And so it's like, it's, it's extra special to have you back on because it also brings back the memories of, you know, having you on for the first time, which, you know, I didn't get to have you on as video. It wasn't a video podcast Mm -hmm. at the time. And so this is so exciting because, not only do I get to see your beautiful face, but now the world does too on Black Belt Beauty Radio. So thank you. I know you have so much going on, which is like when I think of you, I just think of the word resilience. I mean, you're 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 making baby number two. You, you I mean, on a, the business level, you have so much going on. And so I love you. Thank you for being here to carve out more time to be here with me and for everybody yeah. tuning in. It's fun, right? Whenever we get to talk, which... 
truth be told, we actually communicate quite a bit. This is just now people can listen. I know what what we're going to talk about or. Yeah. Well, you know, I know. Right. Cause well, there's so many. And and now like, cause you were literally a sister to me. And so there's so many angles at which, you know, like strings I, I, I want to pull in and I almost feel like I have more of a privilege to, because I know you so well, and we're so connected to be able to pull on some strings that, you know, are outside of even, um, talking about protein and science. And I'm, I'm going to do that today. Um, cause there's so much brilliance to you. So w- w- I do want to start with, um, this one incredible post that you put up. You have so many, I'm going to read it to you and let you elaborate and expand on it more. So the problem isn't carbs. It's the overconsumption of processed carbs. The problem isn't fat. It's the overconsumption of low quality fats. The problem isn't protein, it's the misinformation about protein. I have learned so much from you, um, as does anybody who tunes into you. And I would love for you to just, you know, expand on that post a bit, and then we'll just roll into, you know, all the science. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting for the first time ever, there is so much emotion, probably more so now than ever, because things are palatable and available and you can go on social media and Facebook and the internet to find information. And the reality is, is that stuff has gotten really screwed up and the information that's getting out there is confusing to people. So now we're not just up against good science, reproducible science. That's perhaps what it was in the past. Now we're up against the narrative surrounding the information. So I I put that post up because I was so sick of hearing how offended everybody was from eating. You know, if you eat a green shake in the morning, you're going to be offended. If you eat red meat, then this is probably also offensive, right? So it's just this constant level of dissatisfaction, discomfort, and the offensive nature of nutrition, the problem comes in is, is that keeps people sick because the confusion surrounding carbohydrates, fats, proteins is, is no longer science-based. It's emotional. And that's really where that, that came from. No, I love it. And I, I, you know, I, I feel such an alliance. I mean, honestly, if you and I didn't even become as close as we are, I mean, I would be team you period because what you, I mean, first of all, for those who don't know the, your background, your experience, um, from education to just like being on the field is intense. Like it's so, there's so much there. And, you know, when I think about the fact that you have been at the bedside of, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dying individuals, and you've seen the detriments of muscle wasting. I'm sorry, but like logically I'm like, yeah, I'm going to trust her because she's actually been at the end of the lives of these people who, you know, had they had, you know, made been able to make decisions that would support, you know, their nutrition that would support their longevity, their health, their muscle you know, they, they could have more than likely have lived a longer life. Right. Or at least, or at least the trajectory of how they lived okay, and how they passed away yeah, could have been altered, you know? Yeah. And so right now we have this narrative, you know, and we have a weakening of our society. People are not interested in lifting weights. They're not interested in being strong. If things are uncomfortable, they don't like to do it. These are fundamental issues that we are experiencing as a culture. And I, you know, as you pointed out, I I trained, so I I did 17 years of training. I did two of those years at WashU in St. Louis in geriatrics, obesity, medicine, and nutrition. And for those people that are new to medicine, geriatrics is the aging kind of end of life. You're 65 and above, not that that's end of life, right? Right. 65 and above. And, um, you know, there was time spent, you know, two years spent at a nursing home time spent in palliative care. This is all really towards the end. And, um, you know, the reality is, is people argue right now and all we're, we are surrounded by 
this group, this keto group doesn't like this vegan group and this meat eating group doesn't like this group. And it's just this constant bickering. Right. And I can appreciate that. However, there comes this inflection point where things change. Mm -hmm. And that is when you are 50 and you are 60, the arguments that everyone is having that is, you know, in their thirties, forties, even early fifties is it becomes obsolete, you know? And that's why I feel so passionate about getting this information out there because the things that the stuff that I'm talking about is backed in, in science. It's not Mm -hmm. my opinion. And if it is my opinion, I will certainly say it's my opinion, but this Mm -hmm. is very well researched information. Yeah. Well, the, okay. So, and you, I've learned so much about this from you, the quality of evidence. Is that right? Can you talk about that? I think that's, Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, this is really interesting. So we, see a lot of studies that are posted and people say, oh man, like I read this study. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's especially strong in the kind of plant-based world or the blue zones or the China study. Right. This is all epidemiology data. So this is what is considered very low quality data that is used to then perhaps prove something in a randomized control trial. Mm-hmm. So the quality of evidence, the lowest quality of evidence would be you know, kind of a, an N of one case study. So that is mm-hmm. an individual's evidence. And then, you know, I, I have a great post on this in my IG and then you kind of move up the ladder and very low quality evidence is what is considered population studies. So basically it takes huge groups of populations and no intervention is done. And, you know, you don't really know the details of a person. They could perhaps smoke and uh, eat junk food and not move and sit on the couch and watch, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever they're watching. Right. It's considered low quality evidence. And really the majority of evidence that is quoted in the media is epidemiology data. Mm-hmm. Period. Right. Which is so shocking for someone like me who spent time in research or, you know, hopefully other healthcare professionals, because you have to really look at reproducible science. And, and that, that becomes when you're looking at randomized controlled trials. Mm-hmm. Randomized controlled trials are predictable and repeatable. I mean, perhaps the outcome is unpredictable, but the results, once you get them, if they are done well, randomized control trials can be repeated. And there's, you know, it's, it's, it's considered the gold standard of data. I love that you just explained that because obviously, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great things about social media in terms of like gaining more, there's more access to information, but that's also dangerous totally. too, right? Because totally. there's so much misleading, you know, honestly, there's, bad information. I can't tell you how I feel as someone who, you know, I'm an advocate for health. I'm an, I mean, you know, that's my brand. That's totally. what I, you know? yes. And so when I see some posts of people who are not in any position to be, you know, express like basically prescribing, you know, mm-hmm. this, even someone like me, Gabrielle, who I, I have a lot of knowledge. I I've, I have a lot of experience in my own body and like how I've taken my body composition from, you know, gaining weight after my injuries into like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, you're my doctor and like, you know, my labs and, you know, and, but even, you know, I don't sit here and prescribe. I have ideas, but I don't prescribe. And I see this prescription happening that yeah. is, you know, of diets that are leading people to, you know, not being healthy and not being strong. And it's, it, it, I, I, it makes me emotional because I'm like, no, you know, and I, I love that you, you're such a, a warrior in this, like, Hey, let's not confuse emotions for science. You're not here to offend anybody. You're not here to tell. Listen, at this point, it's okay if I do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was a period of time where I didn't want to talk. I mean, there was all this talk about protein and cancer and just in the environment, agriculture in the environment. And there was a period of time earlier on in my career, I didn't want to offend people. And I'm sitting here just looking at this going, I cannot believe what people are saying. And then they're jumping on the bandwagon Mm -hmm. and there's no self-reflection of perhaps questioning how you know what you think, you know, I am always curious as to the errors in my thinking and what are my confirmation bias how can I improve this? And then I'll talk to people that are, you know, 40 years down the line that have been in research for that equally that long, you know? Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, listen, I think critical thinking is so important and more now than ever, I think not only do we need it, but there's, you know, a very, there's a, 
we can see that it's lacking, right? Because it's very easy, okay. like you said, to jump on the bandwagon. And, you know, again, to go back to this um, place where you're talking about, you know, right. in your 30s, 40s, and even your 50s, like, have at it, argue, but like, things are going to change. And if you're not aware of what could happen, the detriments of what could happen, like, you know, that, that, that's a problem. So when I, you know, like what I've learned from you, and I would love for you to really explain what muscle centric medicine is, which is really what your practice is geared or a big piece of it is geared around. Right. So how I, you know, try and when I try and help people understand muscle health and why it's important. And really I'm extracting what I've learned from you. I'm like, you guys think of your muscles as savings account. Okay. And in your savings is what your body needs to help you keep strong and, you know, healthy for longevity. And in the event that something goes wrong down the line, you get pneumonia later in decades in the later decades of your life, or you fall and break your hip. I mean, these are common things you have the money in the bank to repair your, your body, your system. And if you don't have that money in the bank, you're in trouble. So what does it take to keep the money in the bank? I'm going to pass it to you. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So muscle is this, it's the organ of longevity. And that's, what's so fascinating is it truly is an endocrine organ, just like your thyroid is an organ. And for decades and decades, when we think about muscle, we think about looking good in a bikini, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever you wear, yeah. but you think about looking good naked. Right. That, and then you think about being strong and all of that is true. And muscle is also the largest organ system in the body, which is mind blowing. And the science is relatively new that this, that skeletal muscle when contracted releases compounds that are called myokines. Mm -hmm. And it does a lot of other things, right? So when we think about maintaining body composition, blood glucose, even improving cholesterol levels, muscle does all of that. But what's so fascinating is that muscle as an endocrine organ, as a contractile tissue goes throughout the body It affects bone, which we know when we think about osteoporosis, but people are like, oh, it's because you're loading your joints. Well, that's one aspect of it, but it also secretes myokines, which are proteins that also impact skeletal, that also impact bone. Mm. It impacts brain. These myokines impact the immune system. So there's exercise immunology, which is all very new and all very um, applicable to now. Of course, that science is, is also new. So it is so much more important than just looking good naked, which arguably is important. Right. Now, then you think about the other things. So then you think about the diseases of aging. So we've got diabetes or even disease of the Western society, diabetes, mm-hmm. hypertension, cardiovascular disease, and I will end on Alzheimer's disease, yeah. which is largely type three diabetes of the brain. People feel that these diseases are inevitable in some way or shape or form, right? This is not true. These are all diseases of the skeletal muscle first. That's so huge. That's huge. Yeah. Everybody is still talking about fat tissue. If you care about root cause medicine, which I know all your listeners do, Mm -hmm. then root cause medicine is not focused on fat tissue. That comes decades later. It comes it comes later. Mm-hmm. It comes after skeletal muscle is impaired. Impacts and deficits and defects and quote injury or metabolic dysfunction but begins in skeletal muscle first before you become diabetic, before you become hypertensive, before you become obese and before you get Alzheimer's. It's, it's a incredible. big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah. And it's not something that I, I feel like this is not, most people are not in awareness of this, which is why, right. you know, like I got to turn up the volume on your voice as much as I can on all my channels, because it's so important for people to realize this. I would love for you to talk about, you know, in our, I think it's somewhere in our thirties, how we start to, um, it, it's harder for us to put on muscle. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk yeah. about that? Yeah. So this is interesting. Um, so there is this natural aging phenomenon that happens called anabolic resistance. And really essentially what this is, is the body becomes less sensitive to the ingested protein. It becomes 
less efficient at sensing and utilizing this. And this can happen at really in your 30s, depending on if you're inactive. Um, Typically, when your hormones change, whether it's 40s or 50s, this really begins to become an issue. And in fact, menopause, when the changes in hormones for women happen much more rapidly, Mm -hmm. this is when they see an increase in anabolic resistance and the largest loss of muscle mass that they will likely ever see in their life, unless, of course, you're injured and on bed rest. So really what happens is, is that because the body and the muscle tissue becomes inefficient Mm -hmm. at being able to sense this protein, the way in which you compensate for that is you have to pay very close attention to your ingested protein intake. And this is very interesting. So now if you guys take a step back and you think about it, you are talking about an organ system skeletal muscle that actually has proteins in it that are nutrient sensing. Mm -hmm. So essentially skeletal muscle in part is a nutrient sensor. That is some deep shit. It really is. I mean, I love hearing that. Yes. Yes. So if you want to age gracefully, if you want to be able to optimize body composition, if you want to be able to put on skeletal muscle, you must account for the inevitable aging process that happens within this nutrient sensor, AKA skeletal muscle. Right. Okay. So the way you do that is you really tailor your diet to have a robust feeding of protein. And arguably the first meal, whatever time you eat, that is the most important, but really dosing your protein between 30 and 55 grams per meal. And I know Mm -hmm. it sounds a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, there is something called protein cycling or protein pulsing, which I haven't really brought out to the public. I've done maybe one or two videos on it, um, but it is something that I will be talking more and more about. But to get good fundamental knowledge, the first thing that you do is you have to optimize for that 30 to 55 grams to overcome the inefficiencies of aging muscle. So, you know, it's actually funny. I just, you just reminded me a couple of nights ago, I had a dream that I was eating a bagel for breakfast. And I was like, Gabrielle, I was talking to you. I was like, Gabrielle, and I don't eat bagels. I don't like, I don't eat bread, almond toast, you know, but it was this random dream. But it, you know, what was happening was because I know, and I know more than ever through you and what I've learned through you, but that, you know, how you, the, the, whether you're eating your first meal at 12 o'clock or nine o'clock, that's not the point. The point is what you're eating in that first meal really affects, um, everything, you know, your blood sugar levels, like all the things. And so, you know, uh, to go back to where you were, you know, that first meal, you, you definitely want to make sure that you're hitting, you know, between 30 to 50 grams of high quality protein. Let's talk about high quality protein. Cause people are like, well, what's high quality protein. So, um, I love the idea of highlighting this protein forward muscle centric approach, mm-hmm. high quality protein is easy. So it's, if it swims, flies, runs, I know it is slightly morbid for people, but that's a high quality protein. So your beef, your bison, your chicken, your egg, whey protein is also considered a high quality protein due to its amino acid profile. Um, so it's really more animal based products. And listen, we've been eating animal based products for 2 million years. It is only in the last decade that people really, the animal activists really make a, a huge deal about not eating protein. And it it couldn't be further from the truth that it is animal products are very beneficial. Do you know that we are largely plant-based right now? That according to the largest data set, which is the NHANES data set, that 70% of our calories come from plants already. Okay. So let's- Just saying, I'm just throwing that out there. No. better than ever before. It's- thicker than ever before. Well, no, I love that you just added that because I wanted to pull on this whole, we're we're more plant-based because, and you've posted this, um, you know, actually I want to, I want to read this exactly because it's so good. You you said the problem with telling people to go plant-based is that they don't eat more spinach and broccoli. They stop eating high quality protein and replace it with product, uh, processed foods and excess carbohydrates. So let's, let's, let's talk about that plant-based. Um, I mean, everything that's not basically an animal is like essentially could be plant-based, but we're talking about processed totally. carbs. And totally. so 
when people when, don't eat more broccoli, they eat more potatoes or they eat more rice. Right. So this is an example of making a global health recommendation based on low quality evidence. So the communities that promote quote plant-based and there's nothing wrong with a plant-based diet. Right. The reality is it's how things are being portrayed in the media. So I want to be very clear on that. I have nothing against a plant-based diet. I've been plant-based in my life for many years. Okay. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. Right. What I'm saying is that you cannot say pea protein is better for the environment and better for you than an animal-based burger. None of that's true. Right. So that we have to be very clear that if someone is plant-based for ethical or emotional reasons, then then you've got to put that on the side and say, Hey, listen, I can't argue that that is truly your experience. And I totally mm-hmm. validate that. But yeah. for one second, if you mean, if you tell me that you are going to age better and that you are going to maintain your skeletal muscle mass and your hormone status is going to be optimal and all these other things, because you're plant-based, that is totally false. The majority right. of bioavailable nutrients are bound up in plant-based matrix. It's not bioavailable. You're talking about 10% of nutrients that you're going to get. If you want to have your protein from quinoa, you're going to eat six cups of six cups of quinoa. Right. Like it's all yes, right? So there's right. there comes this 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 time frame and this way in which information is being put out there that is totally false. And that's the part that I feel very passionate about because, like you said before, I've been at the other end. Yeah, you know. And yeah. not only that, I've been in practice. I've been seeing patients of some kind for 15 years. Yeah. That, that's putting in your time, you know? It really is. I mean, I'm just saying, you see, yeah. there's a, a component of experience that cannot be argued when you're talking mm-hmm. about people's health. And the confusion out there is, is outrageous. So yes, we're already eating 70% plant-based. From the 30% of the calories that we're getting our animal products, we get the majority of our calcium, almost 100% of our bioavailable calcium, iron, zinc, selenium, B vitamins, vitamin D. So yeah. it's not arguable facts. Ladies, I am so excited to let you know that Queendom, Black Belt Beauty's exclusive membership community for women only, has officially opened her doors and is welcoming new members. Queendom is an exclusive community of high-minded, empowering, supportive, badass women who are all on a mission to live from their fullest potential in life. This empowered space is monitored by me personally to ensure that it is non-toxic, non-competing, and an inspiring, energetic environment. What this membership includes is one monthly live Zoom call with me, where I take you on a deep dive and a specific focus for the month. So think topics like self-love, self-confidence, and vitality. These topics are vital to living from your fullest potential in life. So these talks are going to support you to get more clarity on them and help you to develop and strengthen your relationship with them in your life. You get one monthly challenge that is specific to the focus for the month for stronger development and progress in that area. You get a monthly workbook with a summary of that topic and journal prompts around the subject. You get a variety of intentional meditations that I create to help you get rooted in specific areas of yourself and your life. You get exclusive Black Boat Beauty Radio podcast guest content for Queendom members only. And ladies, I love to have fun, so you can expect to have a lot of it in Queendom. There will be several pop-up virtual events, including more live coaching sessions with me, beauty sessions, training sessions, cooking hangs, master classes and Q&As, all with high-level guest experts. You also get my VIP high performance vault. So think my top tools that I rely on to feel my best, to look my best and to perform my best in life. Above all, you get community and accountability support from the incredible members of Queendom who are on aligned missions to live from their fullest potential in life. You know, one of my favorite quotes that sums up my aim with Queendom is this one by Reid Hoffman. No matter how brilliant your mind or strategy, if you're playing a solo game, you will always lose out to a team. You guys, I want you all to be winning in your life from within and out. And I'm a firm believer that teamwork truly does make the dream work. So I've designed Queendom to be exactly that, a team of women who are supporting the best in each other to actualize their dreams into life. 
So the cost for all of this is just $40 a month. And that price is exclusive to this period of enrollment only. For those who purchase a full year of membership upfront, you get one month of membership for free. Investing in this membership is investing in yourself. So if you're ready to join Queendom, go to blackbeltbeauty.com to sign up or click the link in the show notes. Ladies, let's seek the fight together in 2021 as a badass team of empowered queens. Membership has its privileges. I can't wait to see you and support you in the queendom. I mean, listen, we know in, in my own experience, um, when you and I first connected, I had just discovered um, through my comprehensive blood labs that I was anemic and not because my iron levels showed that they showed low, but it was because of the ferritin. And I, I'll never forget your, your, your comment on the, on the podcast, but, um, I told you, you you try to guess my, my ferritin levels. You're like, what were you 23? And I was like 11, I was at 11 and you're like, Oh, you're an overachiever. <laughs> like, like, and I will tell you, and now we know, like, you know, I vent through, 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 um, your support and taking ferritin. And, 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 you know, at that point I started eating meat because up to that point, you know, it had been somewhere between 15 and 17 years that I, I stopped eating, um, protein, animal protein. And it, I didn't, it wasn't for me because I had an emotional, you know, I'm very one with life and, but I just, you know, I'd stopped years ago for a different reason. And then I started when I started taking deep dives into you know, biology and nutrigenomics and like learning about food basically and how it supports our health. Mm-hmm. I started to feel like, damn, I wish I did eat some meat because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just learning about the benefits specifically red meat. And so when I found out was, I was anemic, I was like, that's it. And I, you know, started to incorporate, um, red meat back into my diet. And now my levels are, are, you know, climbing back up. And I, I say this all the time to you, Gabrielle, and I want this to be, I want this living in this conversation. Do you know how many times in the month I brush my hair and I'm like, Gabrielle, I love you because there was a period, right. I swear, where my hair was just coming out. And I was, and we cannot have that. You're part, per, like, are you all yeah. part purge? I mean, yeah, like, that, is, like, girl, is, that cannot be happening. That right, my cannot have like the Persian hair loss. That is just, that is, that is, that's almost like, sinful. I was going to say that exactly. I mean, I mean, it's mortifying. You're like, what, what's going on? And so now I brush my hair and there's like no hairs in the strand. And so I'm like, oh, I love my girl. And you know, so let's go back to this, um, you know, plant-based and, you know, when I, you talk about like six cups of quinoa, I mean, we're talking about excess calories, like go ahead and try and meet that leucine match that amino acid, which is not yeah, most it's a terrible idea about. and it's calorically devastating. So when you think about high quality protein, you have to think that plant-based proteins require anywhere from 30 to 45% more. Right volume, more substance, more. So if you look, I'll give you an example. If you look at the back of a hemp based protein shake and it says 30 grams, what you really need to do is kind of cut that in half. So it's more like 15 grams is what your body actually sees based on the amino acid profile. And listen, people, these are hard, fast biological numbers, right? So it's, you know, we're not saying, you know, broccoli, you know, everyone says, oh, broccoli has the same amino acid as beef. I want you to think about this for a second. Do they look the same? Right. One of these things does not go. Right. Muscle feeds muscle tissue. High quality protein feeds high quality proteins in your body. Um, while one has all of the amino acids, largely, I mean, methionine may be uh, limiting if it's a plant, but it's the quantity you eat for amino acids. You don't actually eat for protein. So the quantity of the amino acids is really what determines what is utilized by your body, how it is utilized. If it is a proper stimulus, you know, we talked about earlier about this decrease efficiency Mm -hmm. of protein, and it's really a decrease in one of the amino acids called leucine. So it's a decrease in the body to sense leucine, which is one of the essential amino acids. And it is a branch chain amino acid and you have to eat it. There's just no way around it. Right. I mean, listen, maybe the microbiome they will find in the future that can, it can decompose and, and generate 
branching amino acids. That may be possible for a very small percentage of the population, Mm -hmm. but the reality is, is we are eating for amino acids that we cannot make. This is important for so many reasons. And again, I want to go back to one thing and just kind of pull on that a bit more Yeah. as we start to age. And when we say age, I'm talking about like in our thirties, we're still young, but it gets harder and harder to keep our muscles healthy and developed. Right. And so the two ways that we do this is number one diet and number two resistance training, right. To send the signal to our muscles, which again, to the very beginning of our conversation, there's less and less people actually lifting weights, right? So we have to even be more reliant on the diet aspect of keeping our, our muscles healthy and strong. And, you know, right. I, I want to highlight this as well, Gabrielle, like what I love so much. I mean, there's so many things that I love about what you share your knowledge and, and what your, your messages, your voice, you're not here to say, you're not judging anybody at all. You're not saying, Hey, do this or don't do that. What you are sharing is I'm letting you know the facts from science, do what you want to do, but I'm empowering you with information that is going to make the hugest difference in how you're aging through your life. So if you are plant-based, if you are vegan, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying, understand what you are missing or what you need to add or, you know, how to do this even best. Yeah. And I think that I have a real problem with the, um, like the ethical high horse. Mm -hmm. So when I post anything that is pro red meat, which by the way, we've been eating for 2 million years, we were designed to eat animal products in our but I mean, like, that's just part of, do you have to do it? You don't, are there ways around it? Absolutely. But to say it's inherently bad. And then, you know, where I have a real problem is number one, people misrepresenting the science. And number two, there's this component, you know, I, we are a military family. Mm -hmm. I grew up, you know, I've been in academia for a really long time. You know, I've been a professional student for way longer than I can imagine. There Mm -hmm. was a hierarchy of respect. There's a way in which you communicate. There's a way in which you treat someone. There's a way in which you have some kind of respect for experts who have spent and sacrificed decades of their life. And what I see is that that doesn't seem to matter to people anymore. And the amount of disrespect that myself, I experience, that my colleagues experience, where it's just like, you know, there's the, the, I mean, it just goes above and beyond anything that I yeah find acceptable. And so I do have a problem with just the whole concept of the way in which that's approached. Yeah. Yeah. Well, appalls me. So it is about the science and two, it's about being, having some integrity about what you're saying, you know, 100%. just because you read the China study, which is not a study or because you heard about the blue zone doesn't make you an expert who spent decades in education, right? That's just not the reality. And so there's some kind of discord or disconnect Mm -hmm. that, that happens that I think is um, we have to weave that gap together. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, again, like social media makes it so easy. Like anyone's hiding behind a screen and and feels like they just, you know, and they have a microphone and they can just, you know, say their, their two cents, you know, but it's, yeah, I, you, you know, you, another word that comes to my mind when I think of you, my girl is absolutely, it's integrity, you know, because it's, 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 it moves, it's runs through your veins. It's, it's everything that you that you live and that you, you know, that exudes off of you. And so I understand that it's gotta be really frustrating um, when, you know, especially like your intentions are, they're really to, to, to the benefit of everybody. You're not, again, you're not here judging. You're not here trying to tell anybody what to do. You're literally sharing information. Yeah. But right. Not emotional, right? Like it's not an emotional experience, but I will tell you what becomes emotional. Hmm. What becomes emotional is when you disseminate bad advice Yes. and then someone you love ends up in the hospital or they've fallen and broken a hip because you've told your elderly parent that they should go vegan or vegetarian and it's going to increase their lifespan that's, that's where it becomes personal. 
I um, that's yeah. where it becomes a real freaking issue. I I feel that. And like I said, when I see things and I hear things uh, like related to that, it bothers me inside because I'm like, you, you're literally taking them the wrong way. So one thing that I want to um, make sure that we talk about is uh, collagen protein. That's something that, you know, yeah. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm, I'm taking in a bunch of protein. I've put my collagen in my coffee. Can you right. talk about the difference? Yeah. So I actually love collagen protein, Mm -hmm. but I only count it towards total caloric intake. It doesn't actually count um, as a protein. And that's why in the labeling, it it says protein peptide. It is very, very, very low in essential amino acids, um, particularly the branch chains and almost totally devoid in tryptophan. So it is not considered a complete protein. There are some other benefits to collagen Anecdotally, I've seen it do wonders for hair, skin, and nails. Um, you know, the the mechanism of action. You always have to ask yourself, well, what is the mechanism of action of how something works? And I, I don't think that we have that answer yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, anecdotally, I use it in my practice all the time. It's helpful in gut healing. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I've seen, and of course, all the other aspects of it. But it is devoid in essential amino acids and tryptophan. So counted towards calories, but not protein. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to use me as an example. Um, my, my weight is, you know, 130, right. And that's, I'm good at 130. If I want it to be 125, we can talk about that, but just to use 130 as an example. So to, to keep my muscles healthy and strong and support my longevity, I want to make sure that I'm taking in 130 grams, at least high quality protein. You're interesting. So people that don't know you and are probably getting to know you, you're highly active. So the way in which you can offset the amount of protein that you eat is through high levels of activity. You lift heavy, you train hard, you're consistent. So you probably realistically can get away with a lower protein intake. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, I typically make that recommendation to start at your ideal body weight but the more active, so when we think about the long term, really the more active you are, mm-hmm. the lower the protein intake because you have to account for that tissue turnover. So right. the two main ways to stimulate skeletal muscle are calories, yeah, and exercise. Yeah. So if you actually reduce your caloric load and reduce some of your protein, which you easily you could go down to one fifteen mm-hmm. and still maintain body weight. But then the question is what would you titrate up next? Would it be carbohydrates or fat? And I know you well enough to know it's probably fat. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the time you came over with Hugh, uh, crackers <laughs> and, uh, I love but, uh, so, so, you know, and I, I don't really want to confuse people. So I would start at one gram per pound ideal body weight, but the more active you are, the more actually you can get away with slightly lower protein intake. Which is well, amazing. I love that you said that because I do want to talk about resistance training and really being strong. Like I yes. want to go there with you because you are such a strong woman. I mean, you literally have a background in, in fitness and competition. And like we had mentioned already, you know, there is, um, I mean, now, especially with gyms closing down, it's even gnarlier, you know, it's like it, the access to even lift weights is, is becoming more difficult, but it, as a whole, I think that, you know, people are more, that this mindset of like cardio, cardio, and you know, me, you know, I love my, my beach runs and like, I love cardio and there's a place for that, but it does not replace or even trump my resistance training, not only because of the empowerment feeling that I get from, you know, lifting heavy, but going back to the signal that it's sending to my muscles, right? right. To be, to stay healthy and strong. So to kind of expand on what you said, like I can, someone like me, who's actually, you know, putting in resistance training steadily throughout the week and is active. Like I can afford a little drop down in my uh, protein intake because yeah. I'm getting that signal from another outlet. Right. But if right. you're not doing that, then yeah, right. you have to be heavily. Yeah, and the majority of individuals are domesticated in some way. Um, yeah. and again, also there's a, a palatability. So for example, if you are not a high pro, like you're not a a really big eater and you probably are really not into eating that much protein at 130, you probably mm-hmm. settle at 115 and yeah. maybe hit 120. And I think that's perfectly acceptable for an optimal range for you. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing to keep in mind is that, um, 
you know, I tend to not utilize carbohydrates the first meal of the day. Mm -hmm. I think that that sets up people for kind of metabolic dysfunction and chasing insulin and blood sugar. So uh, another really good recommendation is to keep carbohydrates, 25 grams or less per meal. Mm. Um, that's a little bit low, but you know, really it'd be 40 grams or less per meal, but 25 would suffice. And the reason is, is so it doesn't create this robust insulin response. So that's another really good and simple, uh, actionable item. Well, I love that. And I've listened to you and your mentor, Donald Lehman talk yeah. about, um, how you can only utilize, like it's something around 40 grams of carbohydrates per meal, right? So is that, is that correct? So you so utilize like, all of it, but you have to get rid of the glucose. So right. if, you are, if you have more than 40 grams, then you now get into a more robust insulin response. And despite what anyone says, insulin is a problem. You right. know, there's, there's an overstimulation and it, it may not be a problem in the immediate, but there's a subsequent drop in blood sugar that happens. And then you feel tired and then perhaps your cortisol is increasing. There's mm -hmm. all these other aspects that then happen. The excess carbohydrates must be disposed of. And the way in which you can dispose of it is through, um, you know, skeletal muscle. So that's responsible for 70 plus percent of glucose disposal. But if you're not exercising and you don't have healthy skeletal muscle, you still have to get rid of, get rid of the glucose. Yeah. The way in which you get rid of it is you're going to repackage it and you know, you will likely store it in some kind of fat. Yeah. That That's huge. Not no, it's, it's not good. And it's easily <laughs> avoidable. And I think that that's, what's really important to understand is that these are, um, high value items that can be implemented like optimizing for protein intake, you know, knowing what your protein goals are, understanding that you can reduce some of that by increasing physical activity in particular resistance exercise. And then the third thing is really understanding that you do have a carbohydrate tolerance mm. and that understanding that carbohydrates should not be thought of in a 24 hour period, which is the traditional, but it should be thought of as an, in a meal to meal basis. And that when you do that, it becomes very impactful as it relates to overall health and wellness, because now you're looking at optimizing for body composition, minimizing insulin um, responses and stabilizing blood sugar. Okay. You're my girl. I've listened to so many podcasts. Every time there's a new podcast with you, I'm like, I got to listen. Cause I always, either I learn something new or I, there's, I, I learn what you've taught me and like, it's more you know, robust in my mind, yeah. what you just explained right now, I just took in something new. Like the fact <laughs> that you just laid out, you know, the traditional ways to look at this carbohydrate load as like your full day, which is what right. most people are doing. Oh, I had a hundred carbs today, but no, look right. at it per meal. I mean, that's huge, Gabrielle. Yes. <laughs> right. So if you do these changes and you refine these nuances of nutrition, mm -hmm. then you begin to understand that by utilizing food as a modality for optimization, you can absolutely have that. And by really educating oneself and understanding that there's always a, a stimulus, right? An input, a stimulus, and then a result. Yeah. So I love it. Okay. Can we pivot a little bit? Um, I, I would love to go into the mindset space with you because mindset is also a big part of your, just your existence, also your practice. And, um, yeah. you know, when we think about like, there there's, you put a post that not that long ago that I loved and it was, um, be a warrior, not a warrior. Right. That's and the biggest distraction. Like what's so funny is people are like, Oh my God, I'm so worried. You know what that is? That is totally distraction. Yeah. It, it really if you is. worry, then you don't have to actually execute. And if you worry, then it allows for all these other things to happen. And really it's just a distraction. And it's something that I've had to deal with. You know, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm a hypervigilant human being. Mm -hmm. I will look for problems because I'm good at solving them. <laughs> That's amazing. And also yeah. like, it's also the brain is wired to look for totally. the threat, right? So it's like what you're, you're naturally kind of in, all of us are naturally inclined to yeah. like constantly be looking for the threat, which then produces anxiety and worry. And, you know, this is really important to bring up because we're living in a really interesting fucking time right now, you know? And so when I think about resilience and strength and, you know, someone being capable, I, you lead by example yeah. in, in these areas. And I, I just, I would love for you to share some of your wisdom and your thoughts on, on, you know, 
why this, I mean, we know why it's important, but I want your voice to specifically come out in these areas as a support to those who are taking in this, this talk, because it's, I think it's needed, you know? So leadership right now is very needed Mm -hmm. period. And the reality is if you want to be a good leader, which I would say that we all do, I mean, you know, many of us do, you have to lead yourself. And if you hold yourself to the highest expectation of what that kind of good leadership looks like, Mm -hmm. then you can really make an impact and not just an impact for yourself because that's kind of self-centered and selfish, but you then make an impact to your family or your daughter or your unborn children. Yeah. Right. And then, then that becomes incredibly valuable. So leading by example is probably the most profound thing that an individual can do. I mean, that doesn't just mean leading by example in the public. So that truly, and I take this very seriously, that truly means leading by example in the private. And, um, you know, you're never going to feel ready to do something you may not want to. And that's kind of where the discipline for exceptional self-leadership comes in. That's so good. You're so right. Cause I think more often than not, it's all about what people are seeing. And I, I'm an advocate for, Hey, witness yourself. You're watching yourself at all times, whether you're conscious of it or not. But when you turn on your consciousness, this is a very powerful thing, right? Because you care about how you're showing up for yourself and then you're, well, you know, and when you are leading yourself, you are going to be a better leader as a contributor for totally. the world, which is something that, you know, you're, you're the you're most beautiful example of that. Um, I want to ask you if you had a magic wand, <laughs> cause I know you do I'd probably get my house unpacked. <laughs> I'm just saying, I know let's hold on. Let's look back up for a second before I even go there. I mean, you moved, you're having a baby again. Wait, 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 you're wait. like, Wait, hold on. Okay. <laughs> I have a 16 month old. Right. I'm six and a half months pregnant. My husband, a former Navy SEAL, recently retired, is now in full time medical school. I run a concierge medical practice. I produce all my own content. And I just moved across country from San Diego to the East Coast, and everything is in boxes. And you are legitimately one of the best friends, like you are a, a supporter, you show up like with everything that you've got going on, you'll still rise to the occasion to be there yeah. for those that you love. And that I that's do. something that needs to be put in there too. Cause it's so real. And I feel I'm, you know, so fortunate to be, um, to receive that from you. And this is a lot. So go back to the resilience yeah. piece and the integrity piece and the leadership piece is like, man, and you're someone who doesn't make excuses. You're someone who yeah. keeps it real and you give your best in, in every single way that you possibly can. And this is, I mean, this is beautiful. I mean, I'm, I couldn't be more proud of you as an individual. And then certainly as one of my girls, you know, this is totally, yeah, it's where it's at. And I think that it's important to share this because we, you know, it's like every day in life, there's a form of battle, right. And you are a warrior, right. And so how you're showing up to that battle is, is in the difference of like where that integrity is, where that strength is, like, how are you making excuses? Um, are you optimizing yourself to be as resilient as you can? I mean, all of that is so important. And again, I want that to be very loud in this conversation because of where we are in life as a, as a whole side and where, you know, where I want our people who are taking this in to be channeling themselves through this new year. And, you know, thinking about what is the most valuable currency, you know, for me, you absolutely are correct. My most value, valuable currency is my relationships. Yeah. The people that I love, they absolutely know that I love them regardless of the craziness of my life. I will always take time to show up without being prompted. You know, I think that that's important. It's, it's a, it's a privilege and a pleasure for me. And it's something that I truly, truly value. I really think that relationships are the secret sauce to life, you know, um, truly is the most valuable thing. And so being able to be a good teammate is something that I really, I want to teach my daughter that. Yeah. Well, you are, 
Aries Hunter. That's <laughs> <Aries Hunter. laughs> so exciting. That's right. Wildflower. I, I love her. Oh my God. She is a wildflower, right? Yeah, look She's at this like... little picture of her from when she was a baby. Oh my God. Is that the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen? Yeah, because she does she's not look like no, this now. No, it's so like crazy. What, like, yeah. wow, so wow, oh my gosh! So you know, you're getting ready to have your next child, your first son. This is how do you feel about that? Let's We're talk excited. about mom. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I thought you know, so you know, initially I was thinking that he would be chill and quiet. Um, I'm not <laughs> so sure that that is actually what's going to happen. Why did you I, I think that? I'm curious. I don't like, know. I you're thought, like a warrior I, family. <laughs> I just had this feeling. And then I realized that when I'm up all night and he's kicking and legit <laughs> crazy, I'm like, that is my fucking throat. You just kicked or, you know, I'm like, what do you just dance party Taekwondo in there? Um, <laughs> Well, wait, hold on. Because I, you know, for me, I'm like, you do realize that you're creating Thor in there. Like, I I don't know if you know this, but I know as a girl. (laughs) I thought for some reason, you know, that Aries, I like, I knew, and I think I'm a little skewed because I knew Aries was going to be a super little powerhouse, really bossy, fearless, which she is. And I thought they're supposed (laughs) to be afraid of stuff and waiting for that. She is just, I mean. She's a gangster. (laughs) I'm like, is there any blood? No blood. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, she really is very robust. Yeah. Uh, and I knew that she's going to be that way. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that our son it was going to be you know, in my mind, he was going to be more chill and quiet like Shane, who, by the way, when I say Shane is quiet, it's, I, I don't know if that's the best. I mean, he is, he's not loud, but he's like, you know, I feel like, you know, someone who, who's trained jujitsu for almost a decade. It's like as a martial artist, when you, when you actually have, I'm not saying like literally a loaded gun, but like weapons, you know, like if somebody comes at me like be ready for a fight. Right. Right. I, I walk, I don't have to walk around like this, like puffing and loud because I know that I know it's built within me. So I mm-hmm. wonder if like, when you say, you know, cause Shane, he's amazing. And he's, he's not, you're, you're right. He's not this like loud, but I mean, he has charisma, but I feel like there's, cause there's a silent. Right. Totally. It's right? like when it's a bear like, or a lion walk into a room, it's not <laughs> like a lion needs to roar or whatever, nope. or a gorilla needs to like pound on his chest. You're like, all right, I got it. So, um, yeah. So I, I thought maybe our son was going to be chill and quiet, but I'm, I'm not, no, not certain that that's the case. No, no, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, again, I feel like you're creating Thor. So there's like a super feels like that. Feels like that. <laughs> anyway, it makes it perfect like sense. That. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want to ask you, um, you know, you do so many podcasts and talks and, you know, one thing that I love to ask all of my guests is, is there something that you are being asked to speak about or something that's like really sitting at the top of your heart or mind that you wish you, you know, that you want to speak of yeah. more? Well, hmm. I think that we're doing it. I, I, I do value the science so much, but there's so much else out there. You know, it's kind of like being a Spartan woman. Yeah. And I've had the opportunity to talk to you a bit on this, um, you know, as it relates to resiliency and leadership, which I, which I think that, like I said, now, so more than ever, we need better leaders. We need more leaders. We need better leaders and we need leaders that um, lead first in their own life. And I think that that mindset component and that action oriented discipline is something that I feel very passionate about. I love it. Great. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me on. No, I love you. Thank you so much um, for everything, for who you are in my life, for how you show up in the world. I mean, you're such a powerful contributor and, um, you know, I know that you have a lot coming out, which I'm really excited about. I mean, meaning supportive tools for people to be able to optimize their health and to really learn more from you. So, you know, these things are coming out soon. Can you please tell people and everything's in the show notes, like the best place to be 
Yeah. So you guys can go to my website, drgabriellelyon.com. Um, sign up for my newsletter. I am launching a course. I'm hoping it's going to be done by the time this podcast is out. Um, and this will really give you a strong foundation of the concepts. It's for everybody. It is, you know, depending on your skill level, depending on your knowledge that you want for, for knowledge acquisition, there'll be references, um, so I think that would be really, really great for everyone. You guys can sign up for my newsletter. It comes out once a week. I put in good research. I put in stuff I'm reading, what I'm doing, information that I think is, is highly curated and valuable. I also have a YouTube channel, which I speak with my mentor, Dr. Donald Lehman. And the reason I put this together is because he is a researcher, an academic by um, craft. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't necessarily, you know, speak directly to the public often. So Mm -hmm. this now gives him a platform for us to have conversations that we always have and bring it to the public. It is so valuable. You guys should definitely take a listen because, you know, it's, I feel so privileged to be able to have this relationship with him where I get to ask him and talk to him. Um, But it is, I mean, he is the finest of the fine. Yeah. You're, it's like, you're, this is amazing. I love your YouTube channel. And also one thing to know about the videos, they're bite-sized too. So they're really I easy. I did it on purpose. It's yeah. for people. I want it to be very user-friendly. Um, yeah. And I'm really active on Instagram, Facebook, not so much, but Instagram. Yes. So you guys can find me there and Dr. Gabrielle Lyon and shoot me a DM. Happy to I try to answer everybody. I love you, girl. Thank you so much. All of that's in the show notes. I appreciate you on every level of appreciation and to be continued. Yeah. Okay. Love you. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look. R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And last but not least, if you are interested in starting your own podcast, or perhaps you already have one and you need help with you know editing your audio and the production of it, I cannot recommend my producers enough. Resonate Recordings, you guys, they are the bomb. I rely on them. They are an absolute supportive tool to me and my podcast. So check them out and let them know that Black Belt Beauty sent you. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.